Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to Going Off Track. My name is Jonah Bayer. Assalamu alaikum. I'm Stephen. I am Brad. Um, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Today, we have a fellow Clevelander in the podcast, Dave Hill. He is a very talented comedian and musician who you may have seen. We were rocking a lot of people from the Cleve here. Yeah. J.D. Sampson. Cleveland rocks. Dave Hill. Who else? <laughs> Vanessa Bayer. Vanessa Bayer. <laughs> Um, so interesting. It's like there's there's this amazing camaraderie from Ohio, specifically Cleveland. Yes, oh. but you will notice all these people left Cleveland. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. like the that's the hard part is is you have to sometimes you have to leave at some point. It's a great place, but Dave Hill is great to talk to you because it was one of those things that I've I hear a lot of the cool things from Jonah, and then the world hears about it a few years later. I got kind of turned on to him through Bridie Elliott. Oh, he's yeah. also a super talented comedian. You should oh, check out. Bridie's got to come in here. Yeah, she did. Our, she did our, what did, did she do? A live one? Our launch show. Yeah, that we did. Bridie did some stand up, which was great. But Dave Hill was uh, super funny. He tells he's a wonderful storyteller. Yes, visual and through the magic of words. And you should check out his TV show with Phil Anselmo from Pantera. Um, just just the thought of that makes me laugh. It's awesome. It's one of those things where he told me about it and it sounded made up. And then he showed me photos of it, and I was like, this gives me kind of faith in the world <laughs> that, like, this kind of a project can be conceptualized and actually happen. Like, it's, I don't know. I think it's cool. But some executive went, all right. Yeah. Put this up there. Good. Yeah. So, thank you. So check that out. Check out Dave's stand-up. He does stuff, especially if you're in New York. He does stuff here all, I think, no, he tours, but he does stuff here all the time. Um, check out his bands. Check out check out everything he does. He has a website where it's kind of all consolidated. I believe right on. it's DaveHill.com, but just Google him and uh, check out all... He always has a million awesome creative projects going on. So let's just... Let's launch into it. Yeah, Dave let's Hill. check out the podcast. Yeah, check out the us. podcast. Oh, he did a podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is Dave Hill and us talking to him, and we hope you like it. It's going on Today on Going Off Track, we are joined by Dave Hill, comedian... Musician, Clevelander. Yeah. Should, you could put that at the beginning. Yeah. Clevelander. Although I don't think we knew each other really in Cleveland. No, we were from different sides of the tracks. Yes. No, you're from Orange? I grew up in Orange, and then when I moved back to work at AP, I lived in Lakewood. So I grew oh. up on the east side, then lived on the west side. Okay. 
Orange was a world away, even though yeah. the University Heights is not far at all. Yeah, that but is it's just true. a world away to me. When did you come to New York? Ten years ago. Okay. Well, I came here for college, and then I drifted back to Cleveland, and then came back for the weekend ten years ago. <laughs> Which is true. I did come for the weekend. I'm still here. Yeah, I've got I've gone back for some stuff for my things. <laughs> Do you still have family in Cleveland? My dad and my sister and her family and some cousins. But most of my family is uh, sort of dotted along the eastern seaboard. Uh, is that such a thing, or is that just the Amtrak train line? I can call that. In my <laughs> mind, that's a good question. I think of it as that. Yeah, I have a sister in in Boston. You can edit all this part out, but sister in Boston, sister oh, there's in no Philly, editing. and a brother in New Haven. Okay, e- all easily that accessible is, that by is train. The Amtrak line. It is, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah. <laughs> basically it just sounds better than where does your family yeah. live oh do you are you familiar with trains <laughs> see where it stops that's five-year-olds get psyched when i talk about it <laughs> yeah, they don't have cars mm-hmm. yeah so we, have you always been into sort of comedy and music or would you would you originally kind of focused on music or how did that kind of yeah to, well out? always music first i mean comedy i never planned to go into uh, i mean other than you know, I I liked it and liked film, being silly as people do. Um, but no, I was always full on into rocking like a motherfucker. Yeah. And uh, then I sort of accidentally went into comedy. Um, I was writing, I was journalist type. And then some friends here were, had like working on TV shows and they were like, oh, do you want to? Because when I was a journalist, I would I would write. I would write like a newspaper article and, and try to just slip jokes in. And that's all I cared about. I just didn't have like the conviction to be like, oh, I just want to write jokes. I would, so I'd write like a serious newspaper article, but then put jokes in it and then be psyched about it. And then eventually I started writing for TV and then I was here. And then, you know, I was, my friend Tony Carnavali, I had a show in the back of Parkside Lounge and he was like, oh, do you want to try something? So I was like, okay. And I tried it, and no one threw anything at me, and uh, did it again. And, and that was your barometer. Yeah, I was like, no, no one threw anything, because everyone was throwing things at me and everything else in life. No, uh, but yeah, I just did it, and then uh, now I'm a, a millionaire. Wow. <laughs> Were you playing in like sort of metal bands? Because I saw you recently open for Texas Is a Reason. Oh yeah, at Maxwell's, and was impressed with some of the shredding. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of shredding. Yeah, but most of the music that I play is non. I add shredding to it, but it's not true. I mean, like my band Valley Lodge is like a power pop band, which is not a genre that is powerful or popular, <laughs> despite it being right there in the name. Uh, but I like to add shredding to it. I just I I think I've gotten more into shredding uh, over the years because it's. I feel like everything else, like comedy and writing and performing and things like that are so subjective and you're depending on your mood you're like oh that was horrible let me kill myself or that was pretty bad i might not kill myself that's like the range that i experience and um but with shredding you know you can sit down and you do it and you it's like sort of physically quantifiable so i can practice and feel better about myself but i pretty much do it for my own entertainment shredding but then i like to do it in comedy because it's silly what tv were you writing for i've written for 
I haven't, well, I've written for a lot of like, when I first started, I wrote, first show I wrote for was called Crash Test on Spike TV like 10 years ago. It was a horrible TV show and it only aired twice, but the, I made a lot of nice friends working on it. And, um, and then I wrote for some shows at VH1, like, you know, 100 something things, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and, um, and then it's a little, but not nothing. Not, I've never written for like a very like reputable TV show that uh, when it, when it watch. VH1, like uh, nine years ago, maybe. Okay, sort oh. of like right when I was a new kid in town. I was at VH1 for a very brief stretch. Oh, really? Yeah, in, in 02. Oh, that was yeah. before my okay, time. Yeah, because yeah, I came here in two thousand three. Okay. That, that they were briefly, you know, when they were transitioning into, you know, more reality and then became the list network for a while. Mm-hmm. Some of those are actually really cool. Like their list of the 100 best hard rock uh, bands were, you know, don't really turn on VH1 and expect to see bad brains. No. You know? Yeah. And they, and they put that in there. They put Fugazi in there, you know? Yeah. And Sammy that's Hagar. That's good. Yeah, and and some Hagar. This kind of list just always make me mad. Yeah. Well, that's like, why they do it. They, they do. The like, Rolling Stone one is just such a dumb concept. <laughs> that's the point, is yeah. they want you to be angry about it. They want you to write. But like, hey, you get enraged. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Sammy Hagar. I mean, that's that's not really what we're talking about. But I've made, I just want to say I've made my peace with Sammy Hagar. Really? Like, I, was, I used to hate him. And I had one... Day, I was like, why am I focusing all this energy, negative energy towards <laughs> Sammy Hagar? There's no point to it. Did you just let you it know? go? We did a podcast where I was sitting in that seat saying almost the same thing. Dude, you, were, had, you, were, you were talking I about Sammy Hagar? The, I the negative energy, though, yeah. Devo has been very pro-Hagar. <laughs> I'm pro-Hagar now. I don't want to hear his music at all, but uh, I'm glad he's out there doing his thing, and I wish him the best. <laughs> And I read his his book. I read that book. It's Did great. you? Yeah, it's great. It's it's really good. I read it. You know, I yeah. was like a little quiet. I didn't let everyone know I was reading it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I but gave my I copy it. away. Oh, it's really good. I mean, I skipped the. I kind of picked it up right when he joins Van Halen. Oh, you didn't read about how he is convinced that he was abducted by aliens and the number nine f- features in his entire life, and that's how he. That's why he's like kind of a chosen guy. No, I you missed need to go it. I gotta back. go back. It's probably still on my iPad. I just read Ace Frehley's book. I heard that's oh, and amazing. a similar. He has, I think, twenty-seven is his favorite number. I think, and then he talks about being abducted. I have that as book because well. uh, what's his face who used to work at VH1 wrote it from Talking Metal. Um, John Astronomy, who's in this Ace Frehley cover band. Oh, or Kiss cover band. Excuse yeah. me, Ace Frehley cover band. That'd be really deep. <laughs> he's like his personal assistant, yeah, right? His, I met that guy yeah. at a bar. He looks like Ace Frehley. He looks like Ace Frehley. <laughs> it's weird. He does that because he was Ace in the Kiss cover band. That's I wouldn't. I feel like I wouldn't if there were like a guy intentionally looking like me. I wouldn't let him that close to me. <laughs> I feel like, or maybe he, I would. I don't know. Yeah, he John's got a neat story. He's, he's like he's apparently been into Kiss like his whole life, and even as a kid, got to like meet the band and do all this crazy stuff. And I recently out. saw Mini Kiss like two weeks ago. There it is. Oh, my, really? My friend was like a bunch of. Small people are playing Kiss songs. They're they're playing a Matchless now. They played at someone's birthday party. Oh, okay. it was some guy's fortieth birthday party, and my friend had, had some friends who worked there, and he was like, "Just just like say with his birthday party." So I did, and it was this guy and like all of his friends, and they were playing to backing tracks. Yeah, they don't uh, really play. That's no, my they, beef with many. They weren't playing, and they had this full size woman 
singing. She's it. not though. She's disabled or whatever. She is. She, I mean, she, I don't she, think she's full size. She's definitely bigger than the other members. She looks to me just like a normal woman. And well, then compared to the other people, yeah, <laughs> maybe that's. And then we were outside, and my friend was like, "Oh, how come?" Like, you guys don't have, like, a small person singer. And she's like, we did, he died. And I'm, and then it, got, then it got really dark and weird. And, yeah. uh... It, to be fair, it was dark and weird. It was dark with, and weird to begin with, but then it took a curve where I was like, man, this was not as fun as I thought it would be. <laughs> like, yeah. I was kind of bummed out and felt <laughs> bad about myself. But you know, they were waiting on it, like, someone's going to start talking, <laughs> and then we're going to nail them with the tragedy. They're going to feel like dicks, and our job will be done. Yeah, I also was like uh, really jealous of this guy. I was like, man, this is. I wish like I, I hope I'm with someone like this when I'm forty, who's like gonna hire like a band like this to play my birthday party. Yeah, well, I feel like it's doable. It's doable. I got, I got, I got some time, hopefully. <laughs> um, I feel like that just got really depressing. No, no. How can you, you know, bring up a a little person <laughs> kiss band and not feel sad? That's mm-hmm. kind of how we roll. That is true. Uh, In my experience. With all of the many little people that I've have come come and gone through my life, <laughs> whatever the thing is, they're they're psyched to have the work. Yeah, they're, I've totally. never met a little person who wasn't happy to have the. Yeah. By the way, if he would have been like, "There's a full size Kiss cover band playing at Matchless," I still would have gone. That'd be yeah. pretty cool too. Yeah. yeah. If he said they were playing to backing tracks, I probably wouldn't have gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they can. The little people. They yeah. Can't they? Their their fingers are like yeah. little. Cartoon. It's hands. true. The drummer was playing. The drummer was pretty good. You can still play guitar with little. No, I don't think so. Yeah, they have yeah. these little nubs. Look at fucking Django Reinhardt. He only had two fingers. That's true. You're like... right. I stand corrected. Yeah. You probably could <laughs> take <do>. that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Mini Kiss for not playing. <laughs> do I need to watch my language? No. Okay. No. I mean, not that I plan to swear a lot, but no. I uh, could not swear. Speaking of full size people, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Last time I saw you, you were showing me. All these pictures on your phone of you and Phil and Selma. I was? Yes. Oh. It must have just happened. Yes. It was like you guys like... Where was it at? at it was the, at Maxwell's. Texas is the reason. Oh, yeah. so I probably just came back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just got back that day, I think. It was like you guys in his bedroom. <laughs> yes. That's all I'll say. Well, <laughs> he and Phil and Selma from Pantera down, um, we shot a, a web series for Adult Swim called metal grasshopper that'll be hopefully out by the end of the year nice um but it's basically sort of like you know kung fu the tv series the david carradine vehicle um it's sort of like based on that but he's phil's the master of metal and i'm the the student the grasshopper nice and so i went down to his house in the woods in new orleans for like a week and we just did a lot of stupid stuff (laughs) Is he cool? Because he seems so scary. No, he's the best guy. He's yeah. he's the coolest, sweetest, nicest guy. And he does seem scary. Like, um, yeah, his public persona is like this super intense dude, but he's just like a, a super nice, funny. And he's and by his own admission, he's he's a nerd, really. Like he's a really? nerd, big time nerd. Like what? Like about music and like horror movies and stuff. He's just super. <clears throat> he's like a huge fan of 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 stuff. Like he's not like he's genuinely like constantly looking for like new shit to get into. Like he'll listen to 
uh, just the most random, obscure stuff, just like constantly looking for, uh, you know, the latest jams. And, I mean, he listens to a lot of metal, to be fair, but I probably shouldn't be even talking about this. But just to further, you know, he's very different from what he appears. The first time I went to his house, I left, and I swear the second, we were listening to metal all day long for hours, and the second I left that walked out the door, Cars by Gary Newman was cranking. The Fear Factory the, version? Or no, the, <laughs> the Gary Newman version. <laughs> it was cranking. So, and then, you know, I was, I was, we oh, were, you mean from his house it was cranking? From his house. Oh, so, right. I mean, it's diverse listening. Maybe and, he uh, did that because he knew you were driving away. He maybe knew. I mean, it was literally the second the door shut. It just switched. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we've listened to uh, ABC together. Recently, very, very recently. Be near me when Smokey sings. ABC. No, ABC. you're thinking. Um, wait, that is that, that when Smokey sings. That's ABC. Oh no, it was like maybe Poison Arrow. Shoot that poison arrow. or uh, the Look of Love. One yeah, of those that's songs. ABC. Yep. We were we were in Cleveland. Oh yeah, driving down the highway, cranking ABC or no, not ABC. What's the group? Is it ABC? <laughs> I have no idea. No, I don't know any of the songs no. you guys are talking about. You don't know ABC? I don't They're think like so. Eighties 80s, 80s poppy shop, no new wave kind of band. I keep thinking of another bad creation. No, that's, that's what I, that's what I did for <coughs> yeah. a second. I got like, okay. Am I talking about who are great? By the way, yeah, yeah. But I mean yeah. that one song. Yeah, that was a good song. Great. At the playground. Yeah, I have that on my. Phone. Were, were you into Bone Thugs and Harmony? I think of myself as the sixth member. <laughs> There's well, because you'd, be you'd be Dave Bone, like Dizzy, Dave Bone, Dizzy Dave Bone. They moved by my parents, or some a couple of them. Did. Oh, really? They moved to uh, like University Heights or Shaker Heights for a while, and uh, and then you would could see you know Busy Bone or one of the Bone guys driving around in Mercedes, and everyone would be terrified. <laughs> 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 but I I was pretty psyched. How'd you meet Phil? Phil Anselmo, um, my friend Chris is married to Sean, the bass player from White Zombie, and they used to tour with Pantera a lot, so they were buddies, and so I was friends with them. Um, and then I guess they started sending Phil some of my videos and such, and then uh, then we had this idea, and then one thing led to another. And I saw the footage of you guys playing together. Oh, in Cleveland. Yes, Oh, yeah. which is so incredible. <laughs> I went, I was in, um, yeah, I was visiting my dad, I guess in August or something. And, uh, and they were, he was on tour. So it just Where were they playing at? At the House of Blues. Okay. And so, so, uh, his, his bandmates, uh, Marzi and Steve and Blue were like, oh, you got to play with us tomorrow night. Well, first of all, we, I would get there and we go out to some tattoo parlor in like, Wycliffe or something and I, I don't have any tattoos so I'm not a, a tattoo parlor guy and we were there for a really long time and uh and they're like you gotta play with us tomorrow and I was like oh man that'd be awesome and uh but I didn't want to bring it up to Phil because <laughs> I mean I'm you know I might be bad for business right I could hurt the brand you know having <laughs> me walk out there um and I wore I was dressed like I am now and I went down to the ship. So, they're, but they're Phil's like, yeah, yeah. For those of you listening, it. he's dressed as a bandito. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Full Bolero outfit. And I went down there and uh and so yeah, we played Fuck Your Enemy by Super Joint Ritual, which is a great song. And uh but they did they were like, You're not gonna wear that on stage, are you? <laughs> like whatever I was wearing, I put on like one of their shirt t shirts. And um but it was it was a super blast. But even like you can see like just genetically I don't fit in. Like uh I need to grow like a beard or something and something. I don't know. But, but it was I, hopefully I'll do it some more. That would be awesome. But I think that's really cool. Like I felt like even that Texas show, it's like everyone's there to see Texas and like getting up there by yourself and like doing something like that. To me, like that takes a lot of bravery. I mean, have you always kind of liked that idea of trying to win over a crowd that might not necessarily be expecting what you're gonna do? Yeah, well, it's funny, like, cause until very recently I've I tend to think comedy or like having comedy before a band is is in my experience is some has been like disastrous because a lot of times, no matter who the who's I've done shows with a b- bunch of comedians and then those there's like main bands that people are there to see and people are just they want to rock out they don't want someone talking. So I saw Reggie Watts open for Quicksand. It was an interesting reaction. I was supposed to open those. Not not, not taking anything away from Reggie, but I was I was supposed to open those shows, but I was in L.A. and I couldn't do oh, it. Wow. Um, and then, but the, the reason I bring it up is because then when Quicksand did the Webster Hall shows, um, I I was like, oh, but yeah, I got to open those now. So I did those and uh, I thought it was going to go horribly because I, th- I thought people, well, t- but Reggie opened the very first shows they had done in like 14 years. So I could see that would be a hard thing to do. Um so, it was hard to see, but it was fun because I'm a fan of his. And I was like, all yeah, right, I saw him on the great. Conan tour. And that's where I was introduced to him. Yeah. It was awesome. But the crowd, especially like, you know, the quicksand crowd, which is split between fans who saw them and fans who got into them way after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're, you know, but as in general, yeah, people are just like, you're not quicksand. What are you doing? <laughs> but I opened the Webster Hall shows and, and I played guitar, like kind of like I did with Texas is the reason. And I, I thought, that people were, would pelt me with things or whatever, but they were really attentive and nice and like, uh, it went really well, which is so when, so now I'm like a little bit more, uh, into it, into doing stuff like that. But the guitar, when you have the guitar and stuff, then, you know, if worst case scenario, you can just play some guitar solos and people kind of like that. Right. If they don't want to listen to you talk. I did a show out here at, uh, Glasslands, do you know that place? Yeah, a few years ago, where a friend, like my, a friend of a friend, asked me to do uh, open for to like host and and open for like uh, a Weezer tribute band called the Blue the Blue Album Group or something. They play the the Blue the first Weezer record in, in its entirety, and I said yes. Even though I was like, that sounds like a horrible idea. <laughs> and then as the show got closer, I was like, you know, I, I don't think this is a good idea at all. Like, you, you know, I'm kind of soft-spoken. Like, I don't think you should have a comedian on the bill at all. But if you do, it definitely shouldn't be me. Like, get a, like, get like a loud guy up there. And uh, they're like, no, no, it's like really glad it's an art gallery. People are going to be really attentive and cool. And I was like, all right. I'll do it. And I go out there and like, there's like maybe like 75 people there at first. And it's actually going really well. It's really fun. 
I'm like, oh, this is like pretty, pretty good. And I usually don't drink before shows at all. I get wasted after, but before I usually don't. But this show, I was like, kind of, it's like, I don't know. So I had a few drinks and I did, did a set. And then this first band went on. There's a solo guy, Poingley, this guy. He was great. And then about 150 more people show up. And, and then the guy's like, I'm like, I don't think I should go back up there. Do you? And he's like, yeah, go up there. Do like 20 minutes. I want to see how it goes. So I get up there. And someone, uh, there's like a balcony there, and someone hit me like in the head with a coin. Sober Dave would have just been like, okay, I'm going to take my leave. Right. Uh, it's time to go. Drunk Dave was like, I should probably figure out who did that. <laughs> and so I'm like a substitute teacher up there, like, come on, who threw the coin? And, um, and, and half the audience is like, yeah, fucking find that person, you know? And I w- it wasn't like I was going to fight them, but I was like, if you're going to throw something at me, at least be like, fuck yeah, you fucking idiot. I threw a coin at you. What are you going to do? Maybe you want to give it back. Yeah. I was like, let's just, you know. And and so people are like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's get them up there. And then the band comes up there and and I forget what happened. Oh, I know what happened. I said, I said, this is the Blue album group. I have some friends called the... Uh, pinkerton and they're actually kind of cooler than this which was a we i thought a inside right. weezer joke because that's considered a, a much cooler record yes absolutely. i thought it was a very right on the money joke and the band got a big kick out of it the person who threw the coin did not <laughs> or may have been a second thrower but someone else threw a coin at me and it hit me and I'm, and i'm wasted at this point and so I think, and I, you know, I've been playing in bands for years, and I think it's not a big deal to throw beers on an audience because I feel in the rock context, that's not a big deal uh, in my mind. Like uh, Ozzy Osbourne's, like pretty much his live show is based on throwing water at the audience. Yeah, or Murphy's Law, like yeah, yeah it's all not kinds of a big bands, deal totally at all. So this band has these big like plastic cups of beer. So somehow when the next coin hit me in my mind, the drunk Dave was like, well. I should probably throw all the beers on everyone and leave. So I just threw out like four big beers on the audience thinking, not that's not a big deal. No one's going to mind that. It's probably a good way to end the set. <laughs> they did not like that at all. And they were like, fuck you. And like throwing all the stuff at me and like chanting asshole, asshole. And then so I think, uh, and that in the bar is covered in plastic cups. So I'm like, I should probably go to the bar and start throwing <laughs> more cups. Oh, like so I'm going to the bar and I'm just kind of, but not in a mean, like a mad way. Just all, I, I swear my heart rate never changed during this. And I just threw all these cups at them. And this is all, I have it all, all on video. Someone videotaped it. And um, throwing all these cups. And then the bartender comes over to me and he's like, get out of here, get out of here. And uh, so I was like, and I was just thinking, I was like, oh, God, this is so stupid. Like, why did I agree to do the show? Like, I'm drunk. I'm throwing beers on people. This is like not standard Dave behavior. Um, and he's like, don't get out of here. Don't ever come back. And then I'm thinking like, oh, it's such a horrible night. But I should probably make it worse. <laughs> so he's wearing like this trucker hat. So as I'm leaving, 
I was like, I definitely got to take this, make this as bad as it can be. So I'm like, all right, I'm sorry. And I grab his hat <laughs> off his head like a child. And I run down whatever that street is, Kent. And I'm running like faster than I've ever tried running since I was like a teenager. And I'm wasted. And I round like South 3rd or 4th or whatever it is. And there's all these people chasing me, like five or six people. Um and I round the corner and like being drunk and there's like the road dip and I like fall, I wipe out really badly into the street and I'm sitting there with a hat and I'm like, oh my God, this is how people get their ass kicked, I bet. Like this is, <laughs> this is what happens. Like now I, all these people are going to kick the shit out of me. So I'm like, I got to do something. And I throw the hat away from me because I think like create a diversion, they'll go for the hat. You would think that wouldn't work at all, but it absolutely worked. They all went for the hat. And the bartender, thankfully, was like, because the guys were like, no, let's get him. And the bartender was like, no, I just wanted my hat back. Just let him go. And uh, But then this one big guy, I swear he's like seven feet tall, but he's probably like an inch taller than me. But he like grabs me and picks me up. And I'm thinking like, great, now this guy is just going to kick my ass by himself. And he he's like, you're Dave Hill, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I'm a big fan of yours. Like, I don't know why... They did that to you. That was you didn't deserve that at all. And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." And I was supposed to get paid, and he was like a pretty big guy. So I was like, "Do you want to help me go get my money?" And we went back, and we got all my money. <laughs> it was such a horror. But then I was like, "Oh, that's horrible." But then I, I once as soon as I headed home, I was like, "That was pretty great." <laughs> anyway, I, a, I, I like a long it. story. <laughs> No, Sorry. that's an incredible story. How yeah. could I make this worse? How many times have I had that thought? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the low road. I, I like to... If did, things are bad and you can't get them completely right again, I think you should drive them into the ground. So, <laughs> I'm a man, man of extremes. A crowd against you is just as great as a crowd for you. Yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. Be loved or hated. Don't be liked. There's no yeah. point to it. <laughs> what are the videos that, that you like to make? The videos? Yes. You had all this on video. You talked about comedy videos before. Oh, like and you did some stuff with Bridie too, right? Yeah, yeah, well, I've been in one of Bridie's videos, one or two of them. Bridie Elliott. Yes. Hilarious. She did one of our yeah. live podcasts. Uh-huh, yeah. It was so funny. She's, she's one hilarious. of the funniest people in the world. Yeah, she's Maybe great. the funniest. Um, yeah, I've done some videos with her, and then, I don't know, I've done like a lot of like going to Comic-Con and being an idiot, going to Fashion Week and being an idiot. I've worked with little people, little Michael Jackson and me. Do you know little Michael Jackson? And that he dances in the subways. No, he's a little person from Peru. He's not even this tall. He's probably like that tall. I'm. Re- he's. I don't know. Dave is holding his hand above the ground, four inches. Yeah, just he's a <clears throat> tiny little guy. And I met him in the subway, and we made this for years, like I don't know, five years ago. Super deluxe. Uh, it. We made a video of us like being roommates. It was like a series. It's on YouTube now. You can look it up. Yes, I will. He's a, he's a, speaking of little people. Yeah. But that's how I know because he's always calling me. I'm like, what have you been up to? He's like, oh, I'm wrestling in Texas. He'll always be doing some weird thing, you know, making the most of being a little person. But he's all for it. Yeah, that's good. He's not down on it. What would you do at Comic-Con? Uh, just talk to people there. Uh, I've done it a bunch of times. New York just, or San Diego? I've been, I've done, been to both. I've Steven, you've done that stuff a lot too. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to I used to work for um, this uh, now defunct but uh, cool website called MTV Geek. And, oh, okay. Uh, defunct. They stopped it, 
but it was um we just covered all the nerd stuff and so i went to new york and i'll be going uh new york but uh san diego and it's just san diego is overwhelming it's yeah. great but it's a lot it's too much like i've done that i've got that because i started going to the the new york one just on my own with my buddy keith and uh we would shoot it and just make a video put it on youtube and then people started hiring me to do it and so the times that i've gone to san i've been to san diego like that one like three times maybe and it's so overwhelming that i kind of just like get i just want to get in and out and it smells there's like a funk of not to make a judgment on people that are into that stuff but i feel like they don't smell it's like they being on a plane that's sold over capacity yeah it's, it's disgusting it's stinky. yeah and it's just uh like this just a smell of it's a music festival it's the same thing yeah it's it's like uh lord of the flies it's yes, horrible it, yeah and a lot of piggies there <laughs> boom literary reference bam uh <laughs> for all you goldman fans yeah uh golding so uh, what what would you do with like the Comic-Con folks? Would it be like improvised things? Would you have a script in mind? Because they, they can be either great or easy marks. It depends. Yeah, I mean, like, because, I mean, that's the thing. Like, most of the whatever videos where I go and interview people, like, I don't like to make fun of people. I'm more, just try to just be just an, it, it's more about me having no idea what's going on and, but pretending I do. But with that, I think, um, it ends up, I think a lot of them ends up seeming maybe like I'm ma- making fun of people because they are kind of easy marks. Whereas like if you go to like fashion week, most people at fashion week are like really like super serious and confident people. So they can still be complete jackasses, but it's not like you're making fun of them. They're just, you're just kind of like giving them the rope, paying <laughs> themselves, which I prefer. Did you do anything for fashion week? Didn't it, I think it just happened or something. Yeah. I I just sat, sat this one out. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I usually do at least one. I used to go to every one. I love it. But, really? Um, they stopped no. doing that fashion night out, I guess, because just people were getting so obliterated. Mm-hmm. What was it? They did this fashion night out thing for Fashion Week where, like, all these places would stay open and, like, these Village and stuff and have free drinks and, like, events and everyone just ended up, like... It was it, when I lived in the East Village. It was like it was like SantaCon or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's Lagerfeld, man. Yeah, he gets out of control. Can't let him loose. At open bar. No way. Um, no, I, I like I like Fashion Week. Do you, you think know? is is that if you could you know define your style of comedy in the videos? Would it be you know you like doing the interview kind of thing, or do you like you know scripted pieces more or? I like both. I mean, uh, whatever someone will let me do, you know? I mean, I I like to go out and I, I guess I, I like things where I, I interview people a lot. I think that's really fun. But though, though I like acting or whatever, mm-hmm. sketch type stuff. But but it's fun to just go out and talk to people and see what happens. Did you go that route of like UCB or Pitt or studied script? No, I've never. I'm like wild horse. I've no, because I didn't like I was saying I didn't really plan to go into comedy, so I felt like by the time I went into it, I was like, just too late. I was like, I felt like I was like, oh, I kind of wish I did that, like studied stuff, and you know, because I still go to an improv show or do Ask Cat like the monologues or whatever, and I don't, I enjoy it, but I have no idea what's going on. Like I have no 
this guy's tapping this guy on the shoulder and how does he know to leave? I don't know how it works. <laughs> it's disconcerting the first time you see it because like, what, that seems cheating, you know? And then you learn how to do it and you're like, well, that just seems hard. Yeah. I mean, when, when I first started doing like stand-up or Lenny live performing stuff, a lot of it, there would be like improv. Like great improv is very entertaining and, and bad improv is one of the most excruciating things you could ever have to witness, I <laughs> yes. think. Like, I would be really confused, and I didn't know why people were even laughing. And I don't mean that in, like, a like a dickish way. I just meant, I was just like, I must be really dumb, because I have no idea what's fun. I don't know why people are laughing right now. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way most of the time. I feel that way a lot during movies, where, like, a movie ends, and everyone's like, oh, that was so good. And I'm like, I didn't understand anything that happened. Like, oh, what yeah. happened at the end? Like, how did, like, I feel like everything has to be explained to me. <clears throat> yeah, and, it, well, I feel like movies... Darth was his father. Very simple <laughs> to follow. Well, movies were less complicated. Like, if, like, if you go back and watch, like, I don't know, Hitchcock or something, it's, like, pretty linear like right. all right uh she goes to this place and the birds are really irritable the dicks to everybody i get it but like now movies have all these like subplots yeah plots and things and i don't know what's going on these yeah. birds are irritable but there's a reason yeah this this lady's a bitch <laughs> they hate her did you have some kind of ties with cobra verde and those guys as well i was in cobra verde okay. for like two and a half years i saw yeah i saw i saw Verde play maybe it was at the old grog shop with Jay Mascus, but Jay Mascus playing with the band. Oh yeah, that would have been. It was probably a long time ago. I think that was after. That okay. was when I left because we toured once with Jay when I was in the band, Jay Mascus in the Fog, and then. But he never played. We never played with us. But I know, on the tour that they did after that, after I was wasn't in the band, he did like rock with them gotcha well, and then now they have a band jay and then john and tim from cova verde have a band called sweet apple together oh no way that's yeah. awesome i'll have to check that out yeah they're great they have one record out and i think they have a new one coming out that's amazing i mean what was it like touring with touring with uh with the fog and that stuff it was great. I mean, it was... Especially uh, as a guitar player, I'm sure, like, watching that dude every night must have been pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I was a huge Dinosaur Jr. fan. I mean, I still am. But um, it was cool. I mean, it was him. It was Jay and then George Burrs from Dinosaur Jr. And Lemonheads was on drums. And then Mike Watt played bass. Uh, so I was a big fan of his also. Um, so it was great. I mean, I was, like, pretty intimidated. Um by all of them, um, musically and socially. <laughs> Intimidated all... socially by Jay Maskus, socially to go up and talk to him? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, initially, he's like a very nice, funny guy. But um, initially, he can be kind of a tough, tough one to crack. You feel like you have to kind of earn it. Well, he's very quiet. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't just talk. I mean, in my experience, he seems to talk. Like, one-on-one, -on -one, he seems to talk, but like in a group... It doesn't talk as much, but I, you know, I'm the same way. So, uh, I remember once we had a day out, we were in Cleveland actually, and the two of us went to the rock hall and he was talking as I was driving and I was like, Oh, he must be on the phone. I can't. And then I realized he was talking to me the whole time, <laughs> but no, he's, he's great and very funny guy. Mm -hmm. 
and a uh, sweet guitar player, obviously. Yes. Insane watching that dude I play. I sounds like a bachelor party. Were you at that in Cleveland? No. At this studio? I know about that, though. You do? That was a long... We recorded with this guy, Don. Oh, uh, Don DePew? Yes, Don DePew, who's in some metal... He was in some metal band. Breaker. Breaker, yes. Don was in Cobra Verde also, but not when I was. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah my, sorry, this is getting way obscure, but my, I this, was in a band with Carla Cherry, this band, The Love oh, Kill, yeah. and we recorded a bunch of stuff with Don there. Oh, yeah, and Don's then, great. And then I ended up at that bachelor party. It was just Jay Maskus playing this dude's bachelor party to like 50 people. This was like just like the matchless thing. I like basically sort of snuck in and then saw this show. It's a good way to be. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard he did that. It's cool. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. You yeah. played your bachelor party. Jay Mascus. We, yeah, we went to a strip serious. club at mine yes, we did. without Jay Mascus. I learned what making it rain meant. I didn't, oh, know. Right, yeah. I didn't know before that night. Yeah. I haven't had a lot of experience at strip clubs. You threw singles at Jay Mascus? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we did. We did, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, had, um, we threw the single soundtrack at Jay Mascus. <laughs> our, our, friend, our friend Jared was the very confident one at the strip club who just went and took his stack of ones and just swept them in a wow. very... Non-exploitive manner. I thought that he had invented that, by the way. (laughs) Wait, this is all the same night? (laughs) No, no, no. This is this is like flash forward, like eight years later. To where? Oh, this is my bachelor. Where? Where was it? Oh, your bachelor. This was New York Dolls, which I had booked because I heard it was the seediest, like cigarette burn, duct tape strip club. Because I wanted. Because a friend of mine told me at your bachelor party, don't drink, watch your friends drink, and have fun. I was like, that's amazing. So I barely drank that night and just watched all my friends that's get, wise. get legitimately messed up. And How did hilarious. you manage to not, weren't they like, shots? No. Nah, oh, nah. really? Luckily, most of the people, well, my, my friends, shots never really comes up. <laughs> Do shots. Like, oh, what am I, 20? No, fuck off. Give me a beer. You know? Yeah. It's usually okay. Do you have reasonable friends. Would, that's good. I try. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a, I hadn't been to a strip club joint in a while. A burlesque arena? A burlesque arena. I'm, an, well, I'm anti-burlesque. That's a whole nother topic. Because really? I feel like that's just like, I don't know. Putting I feel the art like, and fart? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I feel like a guy going to a burlesque show is a guy who's afraid to go to a strip joint, personally. Um, but I went to, I hadn't been to a strip club in a long time, but I was in Baltimore opening for Hal Sparks at uh, this cl- a comedy club there. And then... There's a block called The Block in Baltimore that's all strip clubs and like, uh, like you, like the door, it's like disgusting. Um, like the door guys are like, get in here, like you can take them home, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> things like that. So, get in here. Get in here. yeah, like really, creep, like, I'm that's too much. I don't want that. That's your pitch? Yeah. It's, <laughs> Color with some adjectives. And um, so, but I figured we were down there. So I asked around, I'm like, what's like the strippy, strippiest strip joint around? And everyone's like, oh, no, you got to go to Norma Jean's. And so I'm like, this is how, you know, I'm like looking on Yelp. What are the Yelp reviews for Norma Jean's? And um, every, like everyone, they stole my iPhone. They stole my iPhone. I lost my iPhone there and they said they didn't find it. Like basically, you're going to lose your iPhone if you go there. And, uh, and so, and it's, and it's like a, it's like a nineties rap video in there. And, uh, it's just all these black girls with like butt implants and, and just like the second you walk in, they're like, 
I it was twerking or whatever. Or what, is that I? They're just rubbing their butts on you the second you walk in. <laughs> and uh, anyway, all by way of saying, I had a nice time. And uh, if you're in Baltimore, you should go there. But I, I was like holding my pockets. <laughs> did you keep your phone? I did. I was paranoid. I was like trying to be cool about it. But I was like, they must be really good at getting phones here. So I was kind of like definitely conscious of where my iPhone was. Um, and then they come up to you. You know, because the whole thing is they try to get you to do like a lap dance. And then so one of them comes up and is like, you want to dance? And I was like, yeah, sure. We're at Norma Jean's. And um, and then another one comes up right away. And I'm like, I, I know how this works. Like they're going to bill me for both of them right after. But I figure if, if you're going to, you know, be there, you should go for it. So I was like, yeah, I was just like throwing, throwing singles <laughs> smart place i wouldn't have guessed that you know when another one shows up they're just you know tacking on like tacking onto a bill through congress no no you're paying for both yeah no i That's knew smart. i knew it was happening it's but i figured play. like you know i usually not that I, I mean it was probably the first time i'd been to one of those places in, in years i think which i'm not saying i'm like better than anybody i'm just saying like for whatever reason there'd been a drought but I, usually when I go into that sort of place, I make a mental, I'm like, all right, you have given you an allowance, Dave. You can only spend so much. And then anyway, I don't know why I told you that story. Because <laughs> those classy strip clubs. It's classy. You know, it's classy when there's an ATM by the bar. Ex- yeah, exactly. Or if it says it's a gentleman's club. Oh, yeah. That's the key. If it's a gentleman's club, then you know that it's going to be classy, a classy <laughs> place. Oh, yeah. Because for gentlemen. It's not just any. Not you can order food. There's no buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Did you hit the buffet at, at, on your bachelor party night? No, no, God, no. There was they no had food a there. Fried buffet there at New York Dolls, right? No, that you know. Apparently, they had revamped it by the time I got there, and I was actually disappointed because I guess they just opened up a truck from the Ukraine, and all these you know poor exploited girls were out there, but they were very attractive, and it wasn't the cesarean scar mess that i was promised yeah that's better i feel better about you it sounds like like somebody was telling you about the place there was another place in tribeca that may have been closed by the time your bachelor party happened but only just and it was right up closer to canal street because 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 new york dolls (laughs) has always been kind of a little classier there was a place in tribeca that was fucking Terribly scary and <laughs> Wait, crazy. the blue something or another? Not that I know. <laughs> it was like hard. right off West Broadway, I think, about two blocks below Canal. I can't think of the name of it. I tried to just Google it. And I, there's no mention. <laughs> it's been closed for like, you know, it's been closed for eight years probably. But uh, do you know it? In, in the, I don't it's think very so. small. You walk right in, you're facing the stage. But I think maybe that was what somebody was referring no, to. No cigarette burns, sadly. Because that was definitely <laughs> this place, man. Ah, damn it. I think that all those places, it's better to hear about someone's trip there. <laughs> like, I may not have done the Norma Jean <laughs> story justice, but I feel like you yeah, you're just right. hearing about it is probably the move. No. Not, don't go to you any don't. of the places. Yeah, I think it's better. About that. No. The, the fantasy is always better than the reality. You can take the story and make it your own to someone yeah, else. Tailor it. <laughs> tailor it as you Embellish wish. Embellish as you will. Yeah. Now, uh, are you touring right now? Or uh, 
music wise or comedy wise and or yeah both? I'm, not, I'm just oh yeah i mean i'm always yeah i'm always uh showing the band's rocking we're gonna play friday <laughs> at union hall and then and then uh i think the next weekend at mercury lounge and then i'm gonna do i go to st paul minnesota to do the wits radio show and then the next two nights after that i'm in chicago with janine Garofalo. and then former podcast guest Yes. Yeah, she came out. It was so awesome. Yeah, she's the best. She's cool. And um, and then we're gonna do some more shows in other towns. And now, uh, is the band is the is there comedy with the band? Is it two separate things or? Well, the show we're doing Friday at Union Hall is gonna combine comedy and music. Like the band is gonna be the house band, and then there'll be comedians. Like Todd Berry is gonna do it. Brooke von Poplin. Two com- two great comedians, Walter Schreifels from Quicksand Grill Biscuits. Uh, he's going to do it, and then name them all. T Berry, who is a story. Do you know T Berry? No, he's this guy. He's t- is a storyteller. You have to just see him. He's amazing. Okay, and then so we'll be sort of the house band, and then uh, I'll do maybe like a little comedic type stuff in there. So yeah, we'll combine it. But the band is you know it's just a rock band. It's not like jokey joke band i mean there's humorous elements it's not like you know deadly serious like creed or something <laughs> i don't know why i use them as an example because yeah, there's, there's humor in creed yeah <laughs> you know, know. the rough thing about creed is i interviewed them once couldn't yeah. have been nicer i'm sure that's how it couldn't, always works though couldn't, and it was so in point infuriating being infuriating <laughs> they're probably i think that's why it's always good to never if you hate someone it's good to never meet them because they always end up being completely delightful and then you can't hate them like sammy hagar oh he's awesome i bet have you i've heard he's the best guy he's so great and he would always show up with tequila yeah (laughs) and from his company that he sold for 80 million dollars he's made so much more money he sold it for 80 million God. He's God bless him. Genius. He made way more money from that than he did from Van Halen, and his the Van Halen record sold way more than the Van Halen the, the DLR. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, and well, this well okay. Walter Schreifel's band by playing the solo band, we were playing in Philadelphia, and we, somehow we got obsessed with Chickenfoot. Um, the you know Sam Hagar's band, oh, yeah. you know, with Chatriani, yeah, Chad Smith. A dream lineup, uh, the best, all the guys you want to be in a band with, um, and <laughs> Let us so, players, yeah. So we, who was playing? It was like um, Chicken Foot. We were playing in Philadelphia, and Chicken Foot was playing in Philadelphia. And I think like either Magnetic Fields or Bell and Sebastian or somebody like that was playing, and we were like gauging. We're like, what do you think the average weight? is the difference between the average Sammy Hagar fan, the average Bell and Sebastian fan. And we actually like walked by the venues to sort of like gauge it. Anyway, so we were obsessed <laughs> with Chicken Foot. And then my friend, he was in Philly, he was living in Philly at the time, P.W. Long, a musician from the band Mule, just, just filling in the blanks. Uh, he was driving along... And he, I was talking, I called him, he's like talking to me and I was like, you with somebody, it seems like you can't really talk. He's like, uh, yeah. Do you know, um, you know that band Chickenfoot? 
And I was like, okay, shut the fuck up. And he's like, I gotta go. I'll call you back. <laughs> and uh, he called me back. He's like, I was driving around Chickenfoot, like in his Toyota or something. I was like, you're the luckiest man in the world. But he said, and I've heard this from him, well, now three people. He was like, Sammy Hagar is the best guy. He's a great guy. And he's fully, he said he's fully aware of his Sammy Hagar-ness. Like, he's like, I get it. I get it. I'm Sammy Hagar. Like, I guess I know what you're thinking. And yeah, I get it. So, yeah, again, one more reason. Yeah, you don't really him. get that kind of self-awareness with most people like that. Yeah, he he knows what's up. So, <laughs> yeah, God bless him. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I don't know. It's probably only a matter of time before I'm just putting on, you know, I can't drive 55 oh. or whatever. <laughs> Come on, Brad. Come on over. Join us. It's a fun place to be. There's a lot of tequila. You can't do it. I went. I went. I had to work the the Sammy Hagar David Lee Roth tour twice. Whoa! And I and I interviewed both You're of them. Ba- you buried the lead here. And I, <laughs> well, wow. you, remember I said I worked for VH1 years ago when they yeah. played music. So I had to interview them, and I was a big fan. And um, David Lee Roth traveled everywhere by tour bus. Mm-hmm. Sam Sammy flew everywhere. Whoa! Because Sammy and and at the beginning of the tour. They were like, how's this going to happen? Are they going to they gonna fight? Are they going to be whatever? Sure. And Dave was like, we're two big powerhouses. And Sammy was like, we're not friends. This is, this is a business arrangement. And he said, at, by the end of the tour, he was like, I, I hate that dude. I see why they kicked him out of the band. The guy is awful. And, he went, and you want to know why he travels in a bus and why I go by plane? Well, it's very simple. I'm rich. <laughs> and he's not. And he was, this is all on camera. And I'm just dying. <laughs> Wow. And I got in a lot of trouble because they, they backstage, they had the Sammy Hagar side and the David Lee Roth side. And so VH1, our crew had a, a dressing room and I tore down the VH1 sign. I just wrote in marker Gary Sharon and I put a big sign oh. and it like went back That's to management. Awesome. <laughs> I thought it was pretty fucking funny. That's pretty good. But Sammy, to his credit, would bring Gary Sharon out and say, come sing some songs with me. God bless him. Yeah. And, and that, no one has to do that. No, I mean, no one, one has, has to. Gary Sharon was not in that band for very long. Was he did one, one horrible, horrible album. I don't think album. I've ever even heard it. Nope. No one did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was one song. Uh, was it? Horrible. I remember a video and they were all like playing around ice sculptures. He was wearing a suit. Yeah. Oh. A singer in a suit for Van Halen. They grew up. Probably Florida. the nicest guy in the world, I bet. Gary Sharon. <laughs> I think, and I think Probably he's. I've never met year. him, but I th- I've heard he's on that weird kind of born again side. This could be all speculation, but that's horrible was, for music. Yeah. yeah, you think he's a kind of an extremist? There was. Uh, he wrote like an open letter to Eddie Vedder once when they were doing the uh, like the pro-choice rallies and stuff about how that's bad. And then he was in some band called like the Tribe of Judah or something. Very, Gary Sharon was. Mm-hmm. And that, was, he, that was my like extremist joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Whoosh. Gary Sharon. You don't hear his name enough. No, and Nuno Betancourt, I feel like... Oh, I like get it. <laughs> Nuno's playing with, like, Miley Cyrus or something. Yeah, I feel like I see him around with some big pop. Oh. That's good. That's a good gig. Yeah. Probably is. Yeah. I'm sure the guitar is really loud in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure most people are there to see him. Yeah. Really searching for that more than words pun, but it's not coming. It's tough. It's a hard tough. one. Let me know when you get to it. I will. Um, does your band have a? Are you guys working on a new record or recording we just anything? Finished one. Yeah. Yeah. It's out. Well, it's on iTunes, and then it's going to come out in the physical, the CD format. 
and maybe vinyl because people are crazy for that now. Maybe we'll make some of that. I don't know. But yeah, we have a record called Use Your Weapons. It's a lot. Me and the guys were talking. It's We think it's really good. Yeah. It's the best record. Yeah. We made a video. It's a hot, really hot video. We're going to play it. What? You're going to play it? No, we're gonna, we'll play it. We'll oh, you can play It's on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And Vimeo. If you like that, you know, the high resolution. Mm. Nice. Um, but yeah, we're playing. I think we're going to go to Japan. Uh soon i think have you done that before we have yeah we're like considered geniuses there (laughs) like the u.s is gravy for us you know it's not really we don't really care but japan is where it's at yeah we toured there a few years ago and we're gonna i think we're gonna go back soon like sometime in the next few months They, they like power pop over there right more than here yeah 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 they're a lot more into it because it's weird because I really like power pop, <laughs> but people in general, uh, they're not, it's not that I'm really, actually really, I'm sure, uh, there's other people that think this way, but not what, like, you know, they played bad finger on breaking bad the other night as like the last song. Yeah. And then, do you know, now it's like in the top 20 on oh, iTunes. Oh no, I didn't know that. Which yeah. song was it? Baby blue. It was like one of their, you know, handful of hits and, uh, but I had this pathetic thought where I was like, I bet, I bet everyone's going to be really into power pop <laughs> and we'll be really popular. Um, but it's cool that people are downloading that song and maybe listening to that band because I like them. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. But, um, but yeah, in Japan, they're more into it. How do they receive the comedy over there? Uh, they don't speak English that much. They like have not, to. They do speak some, but it's not like, you know... In most countries in Europe where you're kind of fine not speaking uh, their language. But in Japan, there's not a lot of people who can just talk. Um, Period. Period. Um, (laughs) But some actually when we toured there, somehow they were aware of my comedy stuff. And the bands would always be like, say something in Japanese. And then they would be like, Dave Hill, American comedian. Like in the middle of this thing, I didn't understand. And then, um, and I remember talking with people, like saying, like, "Oh, I watched your this video or that video on the internet," and like saying that it was funny, but it, like we wouldn't even be talking like that clearly to each other. I'd be like, "How do you? We can barely speak to each other now. Like, what are you reacting to in this video? Like, we obviously don't understand a word I'm saying." <laughs> but I don't know. I like. Big gestures. Yeah, gestures like are universal. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I love it there. It's great. They have food. Good. <laughs> I've heard nothing bad about Japan. It's the best place. I think it'd be a lot of fun. It's, have you been there? No. You should go. No. I went there on a press trip to see this band, X Japan. If you've heard them, they're like the oh, Japanese yeah. Guns N' Roses. And they Ooh. flew over a bunch of writers. And That's we just, awesome. They played the Tokyo Dome three nights. Was it great? It was pretty awesome. Yeah. You were there for two days. I was there for a week. Oh, really? Yeah. That was long, shorter than that. No, I was there for a long time. Did they take you around all You're week? You're just bitter because like, you could have gone. I know. Catered to you. That's how work. they usually do, right? Like, they take you, I they kind of host you for the week, right? Yeah, Prior yeah. They the put event. us up at the hotel next to the venue. But like, did they kind of like pick you up in the day? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they did They did everything. Yeah. They like, it's, it was it's amazing. Awesome. That was going to be yeah, the they thing. they like took you around and sure. <laughs> That's what they did when, when we yeah, were that's over what they there. Do. 
They had activities and stuff yeah. for us. They kept like we had like the nicest time. And yeah. you, you know who was playing with this band? Wes Borland. Really? <laughs> Behind the stage, and then for like the last song, like Wes Borland would walk out, like play, and like, and I think some other dude who was in like late era Guns N' Roses, like. Buckethead? It wasn't Buckethead, but like That'd that. Be cool. Maybe Bumble, Bumblefoot. Bumblefoot. Oh, I think he Bumblefoot. was playing with them too. Yeah, he's There's, good. Yeah, he's Bumblefoot good playing Bumper Shoot. I like Buckethead though. I'm very pro Buckethead. Yeah, he's great. I saw I Guns S- N' Roses with Buckethead. Me too. I saw, Did you see him in Cleveland? Yes, I saw him at. I was at that I think show. CSU, maybe. No, at the at the uh, the big arena, whatever it's called. It was called the. Q. Was it with CKY and Mixmaster Mike? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and Tommy and, Stinson. Yeah, and, and he did the nunchuck solo. Yeah. And I remember being in line for beer, and the guy in front of him was like, uh, CKY was playing, the guy was like, these guys suck. I wish Saliva was playing. And I was just oh. like, ugh, man, what has happened? <laughs> I'm not a pro. I'm, I don't know. It's just not worth talking about. Yeah, but, that was uh, an interesting show. You should show. have stabbed him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that him. was, Buckethead was really good. He I mean, was really good. I saw the original Guns N' Roses. Me though. too. I saw them at Richfield Coliseum. With Skid Row? Yep. I that was, was at that first show. concert. I was 13. No way. Yeah. My mom took me. Oh, nice. No, was this, was, was, was this, that was pretty serious. Was that, this Guns N' Roses with Steve Adler? Yeah. No. No, no, no. This no, was no. B- before the Illusion the, records came out, right. the Illusion tour, but they kept pushing back those records. So all the art and t-shirts was for the Illusion tour, but the albums weren't out yet. Yeah. So was, is and, he still in the band? He was. He was still yeah. there. Oh, he was just cool. about to leave. <clears throat> yeah. And then I remember Slash was like, this is crazy. Uh, tour, we're just going to see who dies first and everyone's like slash don't say that um because he was at the peak of good times then i bet yeah i met i played with slash once no and he was a delight he's yeah. a very nice guy he do you have you met him? i've before? interviewed him before oh this... he didn't interview for my zine really and was so nice he's the nicest guy yeah. firm handshake yeah and he i always use this as an example of how a person, an internationally famous person, should act. We walked in my first band. We walked into the. This was in Cleveland, and Tad, the Seattle band, was supposed to play. And then something, a guy overdosed or something. They couldn't do it, and uh, they and then they asked. They're like, "Oh, you guys want to open for Slash tonight?" We're like, "All right." And so we go down there, and uh, and we walk in and Slash. Like at this point, one of the most famous people in the world, and he's looking at Sandy and they're looking like Slash and I walk in and I'm like hey I'm Dave and he's like hey Dave I'm Slash <clears throat> he didn't need to say that he's Slash I know he's Slash but like a lot of famous people you meet them and they don't they right. don't say their name because they're like of course you know who I am so anytime a famous person doesn't say their name I'm like fuck you Slash kicks your ass he's so much a better person than you are <laughs> I'm a better guitar player yeah Odds are, yeah. I used to always see him when I lived in LA in '97. Like he, when he wasn't doing anything, and I'd always see him at like the kind of the big punk, sh- like you know, like Green Day or Offspring or Foo Fighters. Like he was at all those shows. So I used to feel really bad for him because he wasn't doing. There was nothing happening at that point, and uh, I felt like he was watching the new. At that point, they were the new generation that had kind of like stormed over. The Guns N' Roses yeah. crowd. And he was at all those shows, though, that I would go to. But the big ones. But now he's like, like the, his solo albums are really popular. Yeah, well. Oh, really? That was definitely a lull. 
that period for him. The and then yeah, Velvet Revolt, which is horrible, but <laughs> no, I mean, I yeah, that was right before Velvet Revolver. I not to, I don't know, <laughs> I don't care for it. Velvet Revolver, uh, I had to go to their show because I had to interview them, and <clears throat> they, you know, did like Mr. Brownstone and it ain't easy and stuff, and or, excuse me, it's so easy, and um, and they did one STP song, whatever their first hit was. Um, sex type thing. Sex, sex type thing. But they closed the show with negative creep. Oh, really? Which oh, was the weirdest thing. And I remember watching and going, these guys are playing a song that like heralded the demise of both their bands. Yeah. Huh. And it sounded great. They were taking back the night. <laughs> they really um, were. Taking back the I night. I feel bad saying that they're bad, Velvet Revolver. Because <laughs> I like Slash. We can we can make that can... magically disappear if you no, want. No, you know I st- I stand by it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. It's going to be controversial. Just, like, I like Duff McKagan too. Yeah, Duff's great. Uh, when, I loved his book. When Julianne Smolinski was on here, we talked a lot about Duff's book. Oh, she really? was like, I just read Slash's book, and I was like, you have to read Duff's book. Oh, oh, th- his book is great. His book is awesome, and he wrote it himself, which yeah. is rare. Yeah, uh, he's a good writer. Books. Yeah. And I didn't know a lot of that stuff. I didn't know a lot about him getting into jujitsu and that he was so punk and like all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, it's a cool book. He sort of leapfrogs Eris and then it matches and then it meets up at Guns N' Roses. It's yeah, a good they, book. They, he came out when I saw Guns N' Roses, opening day of Guns N' Roses Metallica in DC, I went and Faith No More opened. Uh, they have like an intermission i guess it was axel changing shorts and they came out and um they covered attitude and duff sang just why not yeah it was great and yeah. like for the dc crowd like wonderful it's perfect you know yeah wow. he was never really into that glam stuff he was kind of like no. a punk guy Total the whole time dude it's true kind of like dave hill mm. <laughs> i've always been just a rocker yeah i mean i'm into punk but i, I would never be like lie and say like oh i was like super punk guy never i was always like like led zeppelin's always been my favorite band there's never been anyone that's ever beat that for me except for you know crass no (laughs) (laughs) come on admit it the wabaritas the wab oh i that's you know i think that's where i'll end up musically just all hagar all the time the wabaritas You get another person that just makes me feel lazier than I am. Because for me, I just, I don't do enough. It's like, oh, he's got two kids, whatever. Yeah, I do have two children. I think that, I think that. I think you're too hard on yourself. Yeah, I do too, man. I think that that is more than most people do. But there are many people with children who do all kinds of stuff and have all kinds of projects and things. I'm like, oh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. That'd be fun to do. And then when I have the time to do it, I come here and I talk. (laughs) (laughs) Dave Hill was super cool. Thank you for bringing him in. You're welcome, Dave. Thanks for doing it. Um, Check out Dave's site. Check out all the awesome stuff he's doing. That Weezer story is going to make me laugh for the rest of my life. Yeah, that Weezer story is incredible. Uh, Shout out to my friend Oscar who is in that Weezer cover band. (laughs) Um, I just ran into him at SNL two nights ago, and he's uh, he's awesome. And check out his old band, De La Hoya. They were this, great. This is the this is the Weezer band. 
but they're for the Blue Album. The other band is way better. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cracks me the hell Yeah, up. Dave has some amazing stories, so check out all his stuff. Check us out, Going Off Track. We're Twitter at Going Off Track, Facebook slash Going Off Track. We're not on Instagram. I think we're kind of over the internet right now anyways. I don't understand Instagram. <laughs> Instagram is Twitter with pictures, and you can put pictures on Twitter, so what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I feel like I use Instagram more than I use Twitter, but I also kind of have chilled it on my Instagram thing, because it's like, I feel like so so much of my feed is like, check out this record I'm listening to, and I'm kind of like... Like someone takes a picture of the cover. But isn't it like, all just cock know. shots? I mean, wouldn't isn't, no, doesn't just it all like, devolve into dicks? Like I don't no, understand. I mean, I <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe that's just you me. Know. Maybe it's, you're it's, looking it, at a different. I think site. you're thinking of chat roulette. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Okay, sorry. Uh, Instagram's fine. Instagram's Instagram's cool, but let's guys, let's um, let's try to keep it interesting let's try to keep it interesting beneficial to humanity yeah like um and i am guilty of this too but yeah it can it can get a little self-indulgent it all can so just i don't know go outside although if you are going to take a picture of food you can't win unless that sandwich is full of fried grasshoppers brad oh i did do that i did i took a picture of food you did oh man i always hate it when people do that (laughs) you're on instagram uh yeah. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm serious. Actually, I don't know if I, I posted that straight to Twitter, though, I think. Yeah, you Twitter. Brad, or maybe I did Instagram. Brad ate a grasshopper sandwich. Really? It was on uh, on um, chips, on corn chips. Where were you? Mexico City. What What did it taste like? Um, They were good. They're like really smoky tasting. I think they were pan fried, but they tasted really, they tasted good. Was now. it really crunchy? Yeah, it was kind of crunchy. It was kind of like crunchy the way like... I don't know, like barley or something would be. Okay. Mm. It wasn't like, it wasn't mm. super crunchy. Would you do it again? Yeah. Cool. Even without the mezcal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mezcal, I'm sure, I'm Which sure helps. helps that. Add that, that makes anything taste better. It makes anything in life better. <laughs> this week, Going Happy Off Track, better. sponsored by mezcal. Yes, check and, it out. <laughs> and Western Pet Services. Check it out, kids. And the, the <laughs> Mexican insect culture. Eat a bug. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, check us out on Facebook, Going Off Track, Twitter, Going Off Track, goingofftrack.com. Uh, we don't have .org or .xx. So if all, you want to buy it, you can have it. We're all on Twitter separately. Soundwag, Steven Smith says, and my name is Jonah. Leave us comments. Um, talk to us, please. We're lonely. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's very lonely. It's, it's true. Dark, we, dark place. We sit, yeah. Uh, I'm actually not that lonely, but Jonah's go. I'm just I'm <laughs> empathizing. Sorry, I'm maybe I'm projecting a little you bit. You should all email Jonah. Just right about email Jonah Bayer Gmail Are you in a post tour depression? Is that what this is? I think oh, I am. Yeah. Like it's, you know. I was around like eight really awesome dudes, including uh, Adam Vass, tour manager us from La Dispute. Check him out. Check out his art. But yeah, I was around so many friends. Yeah, you're in post- for three weeks. I know this. I've seen this. And now before. I'm kind of by <laughs> myself a lot, and uh, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to adjust. I keep looking around, being like, "What do we do now?" And I'm by yeah, myself. No, it's like coming back to civilian life is what it's what it is. I mean, I smell better, and I've been sleeping and not eating Taco Bell, so those things are all pros. <laughs> but yeah, I miss. I, I, if I you've know. recently gotten off tour and you have some problems, Brad can diagnose it. He's seen. <laughs> yeah, it. he's seen it all. Yeah, me and Brad are going to do a private counseling session right now after we end this <laughs> in this podcast, and he's going to help me get through this.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.